You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Let's Talk Football podcast. I'm your host, Billy Powell, and today I'm joined again by Elliot. Say hello, mate. Hello, Billy. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm feeling yeah, much mate. better now. A lot more relieved, I must say, with uh, the news <laughs> that's come out this week. Yeah. <laughs> a lot, a lot's think... happened since we last spoke, hasn't it? Well, as soon as we recorded the episode, that's when you uh, and finished it. That's when it all started blowing up. <laughs> I, know. I think we recorded the uh, last one on the wrong <laughs> day. Yeah, it was a, it was a bit too early, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, not even not even two hours later, Florentino Perez had done his interview, and oh god! So well, he's a should we start there? <laughs> yeah, we can do. There's no, as I just said, he's a tit. That's the best way to describe it. <laughs> With obviously what he was saying in that interview, some of the stuff he was pointing out was absolutely ridiculous. Oh, I, I mean, stupid, one one point I'm going to make it. Do you remember when he said about how he was going to make football games shorter? That was yeah. That's one stupid reason. I mean, it's the, what, what he's just ha- aiming it what to the have, younger generation, like, isn't it? Many... That they're not interested anymore. No, no. And I think the problem with Florentino Perez at the time was he was just so big-headed, and he believed that this mm. was going to work, and he was going to take over football. And it's all come crumbling down, which is what you love <laughs> to see. You really do. Um, I think. So it was already started off with Florentino Perez's interviews. Um, one thing that I came to the conclusion of is that you cannot trust a word he says, can you? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, some of the well, he had to, did two interviews, didn't he? And both of them were as bad as mm. each other. And the yeah. bloke just sounds. I know he's the president of Real Madrid. The bloke is a complete lunar. I mean, he's so big-headed <laughs> in his own ways that he believed the Super League would work, that he would get a positive impact and that he would take over football. And 
Mm. I've just seen how much he's being ripped apart on Twitter. And I don't usually like seeing people ripped apart, but with what he was trying to cause and what he did, <laughs> it's actually really good to see that he was just got ripped apart for what yeah. he was trying to bring. I know. Um, <laughs> the the best thing of it is that he was so adamant that no team can leave. This is going on. This is what's happening. This blah, blah, blah. And then not even 24 hours after it, all six English teams had left. There was talk over Milan, uh, both Inter and AC leaving. And before you, <laughs> before you know it, you've just got the... Uh, Juventus and Barcelona, Real Madrid. Are Juventus still in, still in it? I thought they left. Yeah, yeah. That, oh. Well, not as far as I'm aware. I think uh, Juventus. It's literally just Juventus, Barcelona, and Real Madrid, from what I've seen. Well, I remember someone in one of our group chats that ring on Twitter uh, was saying it's the Super Classico instead of the L Classico because of the uh, Super League, <laughs> which is just them two around. I mean, what a Super League that would be! Barcelona, Real Madrid every week. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'll be get, I mean, get pretty boring pretty quickly. Yeah, I think... The thing is as well, though, the the El Clasicos just haven't been the same anyway, have they, since Ronaldo left? There's just, I remember just the last good one. It doesn't seem as if there's any fight or any... It's mm. just boring to watch, it, I find. It, it is Which, the last El Clasico I think I've really enjoyed. Was when was it, was it when Messi scored in the last minute and he took his shirt off and he just held his name on the back in front of the uh, bird about? So, yeah. That was the last yeah. El Clasico I think I really enjoyed. And ever since then, they've just been so boring and so dull with Ronaldo leaving. It's just pointless watching and I don't enjoy watching it anymore. I know, neither do I, to be honest with you. And how often do you get to say that about a game like El Clasico? You, it's it's one of the most... It's the You'd say it's the biggest game in the world, wouldn't you, really? You've got... 100%. from all over the globe and it's just boring to watch now which is I mean, a real shame think, but... think of the players that were in it 15 years ago like you've got your, your Zidans your Ronaldinho's your Eto's mm. your uh, Ram- I mean Ramos was still there but you could see us is in goal and, yeah. uh, and Iniesta, look at your Puyol, boys you've got Benzema Xavi Iniesta Puyol yes and now look at the players you've got you've got Vinicius Junior, which don't get me wrong, these aren't bad players. They're Asensio. not star quality players like you'd have in those two sides. Yeah, three years ago, Asensio. Uh, who else? Um, Blooming. I mean, I can know Varane's still a top centre back, but like Audio Zola at right back, and yeah. it's just not the same El Clasico it's that we no. grew up loving with football. I know, and it, it is a shame how both clubs have just kind of dropped off the edge of a cliff isn't it really I mean I think Barcelona's downfall has been coming for a while I think not having a backup for the likes of Xavi Iniesta and Messi's still at the age of 33-34 he's still doing it but he's doing it by himself now which yeah and although he's still able to do it and it's brilliant to see him still do it it's not the same, is it? It's oh, just not the same. Absolutely not. And you can 100%... With all the talk, obviously, with Messi leaving, I can see it finally happening this season because he can't keep on being dragged... Can't keep on dragging his Barcelona side. And yeah. there's nothing more he can do. 
And I think the time is that he's uh, just time to go. Oh, uh, rest in peace, Claude. It's time to go. <laughs> um, uh, getting back onto the Florentino Perez thing, he obviously said uh, that about shortening the games. What are your thoughts on his comment saying that the younger generation, if you like, uh, between 16 and 24-year-olds aren't interested in football anymore? Well, most of the Twitter base that was slagging the Super League off were between 16 and 24-year-olds. And I'm not going to be wrong, football Twitter <laughs> is more of uh, the, like people that hide behind the football pictures. They're mostly yeah. around that age, 16 to 24-year-olds, and they were the ones that were bashing it as well. And the bloke is just completely lost in his ways. It, Links to the point as well when he said that there was only forty people outside Stamford Bridge on uh, sh- mm. Tuesday night protesting. <laughs> there was at least got to be at least five hundred to a thousand there, easy. And the fact oh, that he said it was only forty yeah. people is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know honestly what <laughs> runs through Florentino Perez's head at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> you obviously mentioned that uh, Chelsea protest, which I think was brilliant to see. Some of the banners and things like that that came out. There was the "We want our cold nights in Stoke" and I saw that one. Things yeah. like that. Um, I think. Do you reckon Florentino Perez got Chelsea and Spurs mixed up? Because I reckon there's about forty people at Spurs's protest. Well, <laughs> the di- the difference between Spurs's and Chelsea's was when Spurs went to their protest. It was already they all the clubs already withdrew, mm. and. Uh, it, they were just protesting about the owners now, which obviously is a big thing to Tottenham, but it wasn't that big in the world of football. You'd yeah. honestly, uh, with the Chelsea um, protest, it was a mix of fans. I mean, I saw Villa fans yeah. there. I saw Fogden, who's a Bolton fan. I saw Chelsea fans. I just saw London football fans all there to protest over the same thing. And that's obviously why Laura Woods um, was there as well. Who's obviously Laura Arsenal Woods was fan. there. Yeah. Uh, Exactly, and that's the difference between why there was so little uh, at Tottenham and so big in Chelsea. And maybe you did get confused as, as again. I don't know. He's a loony. I don't know. I said I don't know what <laughs> runs through his head. Uh, but that's probably the best point I can link to that. Mm. Um, you obviously mentioned the protest there. Uh, what What were your thoughts on the United fans' protest at Carrington this morning? Because you know what. Did did they take it a bit too far actually going into the training ground? I don't think so because if you want to make a point, you want to make it where the world's media will see. And no one mm. obviously, I mean, going through to Carrington, their training ground is where it's going to get to the players most because they've got yeah. to walk past those fans and walk them into the training grounds and see all this. And the players, mm. obviously, in the uh, when you're in a football ground, obviously they listen to the chants and everything, but the players are just told to ignore it and walk off. The fact that it's actually in the training ground and they've managed to get in and get through the actual gates, that's going to hit where the, the club where it hurts. And they'll and with the Glazers as well being targeted, when there was rumours coming up that the Glazers are ready to sell, uh, that uh, now Woodward's gone as well, and this will just apply the pressure even more. Yeah, um, and I think it helped when it was. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer wasn't it and Michael Carrick and I think Darren Fletcher and a couple of others went out there as well to talk to them and I feel I'd have loved to have known what was said like word for word if you know what I mean because 
I think it'd be really interesting to know what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has said, whether they actually said, yes, we're with you kind of thing, we disagree as well, or whether it whether they were just pussyfooting about like the rest of the managers have. Yeah, exactly. And you saw Pep Guardiola stand up for it, uh, to it, Jürgen Klopp, he stand up to it a bit. I mean, we know he's in sections before. Jose leaving, that's probably because he said something to uh, Dan Levy, and that's why he's been sent on his way. And all these managers are standing up to it, but the only person really you haven't seen come out well, one is Arteta, but that the club obviously Arsenal made a statement themselves saying, like, we're, they're the only club that I've actually seen that have apologized to the mistake of signing up to the Super League. Liverpool, obviously, yeah. the owner sent a uh video but many fans were saying it doesn't seem sincere enough and he's just saying it for the sake yeah. of it and so maybe like Liverpool you can count them but the proper apology for me that you've seen is Arsenal none of the other uh, club like manager well the manager said obviously we don't want to be a part of it apart from Arteta and Ole but as I said the club was for Arsenal they're the ones who did it so that can sort of side away from Arteta but Ole hasn't said a word and maybe, I don't know if that's yeah. because the guys have told him to shut up or not say anything. Uh, but, yeah. Mm. Um, I, It wouldn't surprise me if the Glazers have said, be quiet. Because um, they were at the forefront, weren't they? The uh, That Joel Glazer was... Yeah. It was like what Gary Neville said. He doesn't put his name to anything. And then when he put his name to that Super League, it's when Gary Neville knew that it was serious. But... Mm, Which has exactly. fortunately been completely shot down within forty eight hours. Yeah, but <laughs> um, Spurs, uh, Spurs. I think Arsenal have got a scheduled protest at the Emirates on Friday today, as well. Not today, as we're recording this, but today is the podcast. Well, is when, when, yeah, when it goes out. <laughs> um, that doesn't surprise me. I think that Stan Kroenke, I think his name is. I think he's been way too distant. And I also heard something saying that um, one time he had to ask what colours you know, uh, Arsenal were playing in. Yeah, I heard I th- that. I, <laughs> I think well, it was the uh, FA Cup final against Villa, actually, because they, <laughs> they were playing in yellow, yellow instead yeah. of the traditional red. And so he had to ask someone next to him <laughs> what team... <laughs> He was what team he owned. It, that, yeah, it just tells that. you everything, doesn't it? They're just ba- not. They just don't care. Exactly. Yeah. And what's bad about that as well is you know you're a bad owner when you got. I saw this even day. Vince McMahon, the chairman of WWE, has said he's a. Uh, has gone on live TV and said he's an awful businessman. There's a clip on YouTube somewhere, and he's gone <laughs> on and said he's an awful businessman. So you know that's bad enough. <laughs> wrestling owner said he's a rubbish businessman now I want to move on to something that I'm very on the fence about and that's a punishment mm. obviously there's got to be some sort of punishment towards these clubs mm. um, personally I don't think that it should be a punishment towards the fans however I know what you're going to say I know you're going to mention teams going into administration mm-hmm. and things like that they don't the fans don't ask for that either mm. but i think i think there's a big difference and this is why i'm sitting on the fence because punishment has obviously got to happen it's got to happen there has got to be some sort of allow, way they can't be allowed to just get away with this mm. but 
what what are your thoughts on it? Because I think a, a European ban and some massive fine towards the owners or some I just don't know because a fine's not going to do anything, is it? They're, it's no, they're loaded. It's pennies. I, I just I this is what this is what uh, I mean. I just is, don't know what I want to happen. When you say punishment, you don't know what to do, as you just said. Because if you fine them, they're just going to pay it off because it's pennies to the owners. Uh, most of them, mm. well, if not all of them, are billionaires. They come from a billionaire family, so that's not going to hurt. They've got um, to be, haven't they? To yeah, to, to, <laughs> and not, to have the money to own. I'm not being funny. If you ban them from Europe, obviously it opens. It, that's going to be a massive punishment. But what you got to realise from that is the Champions League is made through those big teams and that's the competitiveness mm. from those English sides against the French and the Germans and Spanish is what makes us tune into the Champions League every week. And if yeah. you ban them, you're going to have your lights of Leicester, West Ham, Leeds. I'm afraid those clubs are not going to compete in the Champions League and no. that's where it's going to just collapse. And so you say, oh, ban it from Europe. Yes, you can, but that's going to be the negative impact of banning those clubs from Europe as well mm. and I know obviously you're on about the points deduction as you said where uh, the points deductions for um, the clubs that went into administration where were their help and everything like that why are you deducting the uh, administrative clubs and not deducting Premier League which is a very good point but as I said if you do that you take up the competitive nature and that will just cause a lot more uproar and maybe the Super League debate will start going uh, happening again because UEFA have banned these clubs from the competition mm. uh, I know it's just it's a weird one isn't it because as we've said a punishment's got to happen something has got to happen but Come, come ask me about what I think's got to happen, and I'm at, I'm at a loss for words. I just don't know what can possibly, what's strong enough to stop these teams from doing it again. Well, as I said, it's pennies. But if you think about a hefty fine, that's going to hit the owners where it hurts. But as you said, the TV deals make up for that, and all the sponsorships. So that's going to be pennies. You can't even you say, oh, you're going to punish them. As you said, what punishment can you do? Because you, some, when you're punishing them, you've got to hit it where it hurts, and that's the only problem. If you ban them from Europe, there's going to be uproar. Mm. And if you find them, it's going to be pennies, so they're not going to care. If you relegate you, them as well, so it's going to be uproar. Because the, exactly. the other 14 clubs have said that they need them in the Premier League, which you can understand, can't exactly. you? You can't just say, right, you're going down to League 2. Because... Yeah, exactly. Where's the revenue going to come and from? All the revenue does exactly. come from these big clubs, unfortunately. Well, I so, you hear you heard Sam Allardyce's interview the other day. I don't know if you heard it, but he was on about how the Premier League, when he went out, when he was managerless, he was going all over the world to in different studios to commentate on the Premier League. And so when he finished commentating. He, I remember him saying this. He walked into a bar in Singapore about 1.30, 2.30 in the morning and there was fans everywhere. United, City, Arsenal, all watching the Premier League and it's a worldwide mm. competition that everyone in the world loves and that's why they call it the best league in the world. And the reason why it's the best league in the world is because anyone can beat anyone, but it's because you've got those big fan bases as well, like United, Cities, Arsenal's, Man uh, Tottenham, Liverpool, and uh, Chelsea, those big six, you've got fans from there all over the world. If you kick them out of Europe, 
they're not going to care and they will stop watching the Premier League, which will lose a massive, massive revenue. Same mm. as the UA for Champions League, it will lose a massive, massive revenue. So it goes back to my point that you just can't pick a suitable punishment at the minute because whatever's going to happen, something bad is uh, going to be caused from it. Mm. One thing that I'd be in- interested on, really, is a point deduction starting next season. That would be say a good sign. All, say all six clubs start on minus 15. It's got to be a strong punishment. Mm. It has got to be a seriously strong punishment. Mm. But I think minus 12, that's what happens for an administration. Yeah. So it can't be that. It's got to be harder than that. Because this is just purely about greed, isn't it? Yeah. Minus 15, I think minus 20 is probably too harsh. I think minus 20 will be way too harsh. So you just go in the middle, minus 15, minus 16, something like that? I mean, minus 15, 16, those clubs, though, those big six will still like end up near the top of the table near the end of the season but it'll make it that much more mm. competitive like they've got a they're it behind it. it's yeah. like a ra- like say you're in an F1 race you're Lewis Hamilton and you just uh, crash out you crash out in qualifying you've got to start from the back and you've got to work your way mm. up all the way to the front of the grid to win the Grand Prix that's a perfect example of with these with these minus 15 points because say Hamilton's got the best car on the grid these are the best teams in the league and they're almost going to be yeah. playing catch up and that's what's going to make the Premier League more competitive next season if that does happen it'll be a great to watch really so with those 15 Mm. points i completely agree with you that that could be the best punishment that they could go for because it'll make it a whole lot more entertaining yeah i think i've talked myself around i think that's probably the best thing to have because all of these six clubs are they're going to be going for it as well aren't they they're going to be giving it something to get out of to be on neutral points with everyone, it, I think it's going to, th- as you say, it'd be really entertaining and really uh, competitive to, to watch. Um, 100%, yeah. But definitely. obviously, I think the Super League, though, is just one of these things that, it's just one of these developing stories, isn't it? That's just going to go on and on, and we're just going to have to it's wait and see what happens. It's not going to end. I mean, uh, Perez has already said, "Are oh, we still rebuilding plans? They will come back in mm. for this and everything like that." So, in the probably in the next two seasons, we'll start hearing this build up again. Especially, I think it will start building up around when this new UEFA Champions League format comes in, which I find utterly ridiculous as well. Mm. Um, but m- let's move on, shall we? The Super League isn't the only thing that's been talking about. Football hasn't been paused and there have been a few Premier League games to take place this week. Um, me and you are both Villa fans, so we'll we'll just talk about the Villa game, I think. Mm-hmm. It's the best thing to oh, talk what about. Were you th- <laughs> are you sure? Well, um, well it's not, not <laughs> the best thing to talk about, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um... What were your thoughts on the game last night? Oh. Well, I'm, well, I only just sat bloody down and McGinn scored to make it 1-0. That was the most uh, <laughs> shocking thing about it. I just sat down on my chair and I had to get up mm. again celebrating. I thought, oh, for God's sake. But, um, <laughs> I know, yeah. And you know what? It was, they were there for the taking last night, especially after when uh, John Stones got sent off in the first half. They were so there for the taking. And, 
I've said that Matthew Cash has been one of the most standout players for me this season in the in Villa shirt. But yesterday, what was he doing? I mean, it was just... It was just sh- utter stupidity, wasn't it? From I mean... Just complete and utter stupidity. Don't get me wrong. Phil Foden from Manchester City was absolutely world-class last night. He mm. was ripping that Aston Villa side apart. But it was, Cash has just been carded. It's Phil Foden, when the red card happened, Phil Foden has jinked the ball past Cash. He's nowhere near the ball and he's gone straight in. And you could tell it was just frustration, anger, stupidity. Because Cash didn't know exactly what he'd done. He just got up and walked off. He didn't even face the ref for the red card. He knew exactly what he did and he was off. And as I said, it was there for the taking. And we could have took some, he could have at least got a point. Because don't get me wrong, 10 men City is still a world-class side and a better side than us. But <laughs> uh, we could have took a point from that because we looked a lot more attacking in those first 15 minutes in the second half. And when yeah. that uh, red card happened, I just thought the game was so boring in the end. Nothing was created. Mm. I was like, as a Villa fan, I never say it. I thought I said it, but I was falling asleep. I was falling asleep watching yeah. Aston Villa game. It was that bad. And one player I'm going to talk about, which I hope he really does not put on a Villa shirt again, is Ross Barkley. And the uh, how lazy he was when he came on. And we've criticised Tyrone Mings uh, before on this podcast. There. <laughs> but even he turned around and said, I, I think it was something like, uh, Ross Barkley says he can't be asked, And Mings said, you should be asked. Fuck off, Ross. F- fuck off, man. And <laughs> like... And, and that just shows that please get this bloke out of my club. Yeah. I was absolutely fuming when I saw him come on. We've just gone down to 10 men. Oh, what's Dean Smith thinking bringing Ross Barkley on? What? You know what he's going to bring to the team and that's absolutely nothing. For, he for just doesn't bring, he doesn't bring anything to the side <laughs> and it just infuriates me. What? You've got Kenny Chukawemka who's got, getting his first start on the bench, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, one, what have you got to lose to bring him on? Exactly. Seriously, he's a young kid who's going to be fighting for his place against one of the best teams in the world. Just bring him on, see what he can do. Exactly. Just have a go for it. He's going to be giving it his all. Exactly. I mean, the best that he could have been the best player to bring on because at least he would have had a go and bring some passion. It's his first game. Yeah. Obviously, you've got all the TV cameras there. You want to make a good impression. And no matter how you lose, and as you said, what's he got to lose when bringing him on and the fact that Smith hasn't brought him on and he's chucked on a Ross Barkley who doesn't give a toss and he'll be getting his paycheck and sliding off back to Chelsea in the summer just it was just baffling and even El Mohamedy at least you've got Keenan Davis and Ollie Watkins up front who can win a header El Mohamedy's yeah. a great he's not the best uh, footballer he's not quick and anything like that but he can deliver a pitch perfect ball into the box I mean look at the examples like Davis against Barnsley, uh, Elmer ha- uh, Trezeguet against Leicester, and you just why wouldn't you it chuckle Menka, but him as well to just swing those boxes into the Davis yeah. and Watkins and see what they can do to get ahead on it. I know it's it's when I saw him when the cameras turned to him on the bench taking his top off. I just I just looked at Dad and I was. There was just rage in my my eyes. I just can't believe that he's being allowed to. It almost feels like he's taking advantage of us. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, he's it just it baffles me because how how good he was at the start of the season. That Liverpool game, Mm -hmm. Leicester games, and Arsenal. 
He was absolutely world class. Yeah. And he's got this injury. And yes, fair enough, it's been a hard road back. But he's had more than enough game time now to get back to that Ross Barkley that he was at the start of the season. It's just pure laziness. And there was him saying, oh, I want to get back in the England squad. Well, you're not doing a very good job of it, are you? I mean, you've just no. shown Jared Southgate. You need well, to at least show some kind of fight. I mean, yeah. complete... Southgate was in the stands as well, wasn't exactly, he? Exactly, yeah. What a, what a time to come on. You know that Southgate's going to be there, or at least that he was in the stands. Come on and just give it something. Show some kind of you, effort. Exactly. Fight. I mean, you got two players. I know you don't like him, and we said it on the last podcast. She said he didn't like it. Mm. We got two players, Ross Barkley and Jesse Lingard, both on loan from top six clubs, yeah. uh, big six clubs, both trying to fight into that England squad. One, you've got Ross Barkley, who's gone there, started off well, but he's lazy, can't pick a pass straight, greedy, just doesn't care. And you've got Jesse Lingard in the form of his life, and he's managed to get back into that England mm. squad because he wants to play and he wants to do well. And there's two different attitudes yeah. there. And I was one of I'm not going to lie I was one of them said in this January oh I don't want Jesse Lingard he's useless and there's me yeah. just thinking what an idiot I am for saying that <laughs> no I know and I was very much the same one of dad's friends kept on saying oh you should get that Jesse Lingard he's not doing anything at United I was I just I was just fed up with the <laughs> I was fed up with the comment of it to be honest with you but He's proved me wrong. Fair play to yeah. him. Fair play he's to Jesse Lingard. Well, yeah. he's, he's gone to West Ham and he has found some form. I still think he's a very bang average player. <laughs> I'm going to hold my hands up. I'm going to be very honest. I still think he's a bang average player, like he always has been, in my opinion. You know we have a bit, a few different opinions but, on that. <laughs> <laughs> but... At least he looks like he's trying. Exactly. At least he's... Oh, I, I don't know. And I already think he's in a very good chance to book his seat onto that plane to the Euros. I think he already has, yeah. to be honest with you. I think Southgate's looking... is He would have been looking for any excuse to not take Jack Grealish anyway. And I think the fact that Grealish has been out injured so long and, the, and with Jesse Lingard coming back into full force if he ever had any force. I think <laughs> <laughs> I think it's already made his mind up, to be honest with you. Let's get back to the Villa. Um, we've got West Brom at the weekend. Who starts at right back now? Matty Cash is out. Do you play Konza at right back and then put Courtney Howes at centre-back? Do you play Elmo? Do you play Kessler Hayden? I'd like to see him get a shout personally, but For what me. are your thoughts? For me, Courtney Hawes is more of a fullback than uh, Esri Conser, so I'd see Courtney Hawes yeah, at the right back. Left, he's left footed, though, isn't he? Ah, uh, well, it doesn't matter. He, he's done it before. The I thing think is, played... though, when when Conza played right back um, last season, I think that's when he scored his or Mings's goal at, um, against Watford from was right it, did back. Did he play right right back? Yeah, I, never played I like think the so. He played right back. He played right back at some point last season. Well, anyway, that, I know that. Yeah, I know he did. But that was in our face where Smith had the idea of playing five at the back for some reason. Didn't he? he had like uh, target on the. I left. I tell you what, it worked. It works the first time he did it, wasn't it? It, it, it did. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think it was in the um, semi-final at Leicester, wasn't it? The first time in the it was, uh, against, first it was against Burnley. 
It was, was against it? Burnley uh, when Wesley got injured. Yeah, I was at that game. He was crying before. out for he was crying out for something different. Well, I was at that game. I can't really remember much of it. I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I was at that game. I didn't really remember that. Doesn't yeah, surprise me on New Year's Day, mate. Mate, uh, it was a it was a rough day. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say. That coach journey about my head. With, my head was hurting a little bit <laughs> from the uh, three Jager bombs I had in the cricket club. But, you know, we'll move on from that. <laughs> so, right, I want a definitive answer for you. Who plays at right back? Yeah. Can we recall Gilbert? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not an option. <laughs> yeah, uh, no matter who plays, it has to be on Mohamed. I think... It just has to be. There's no. I mean, yes, you got all other like the kids and everything, but I don't think I can pick anyone else. No matter how much it pains me, because he's passed it, but he's the only one we've got really. So it's it got to be Elmo. I understand what you're saying, but personally, Elmo would be my last my last option here. I think firstly I'd go with Conzer at right back, and then House at centre back mm. but I, also you know we're never going to we're never going to get Europe this season oh no so season's that's done out the window what, why not just give Kane Kessler a ha- Hayden a run out just just go for it well, this is for me this is the time you need to experiment yeah. I loved it when Davis came on at half time yesterday I thought the game was screaming out for him mm. and I'd love to see him get a start at some point as well so you know what why not why not just give it to uh, Kessler one thing I love uh, uh, don't get me wrong I'm a massive Smith fan I'm sniffing I love Dean Smith but he's very stubborn in his ways he doesn't like to play mm. two up front unless he really has to like yesterday in the Fulham game which changed the game actually but uh, uh, but and before he wouldn't he wouldn't bring on subs at least the eighty fifth minute and that was just for one sub. He's very <laughs> stubborn in his ways, and he he won't really. He came out and said the other day in an interview that he doesn't really want like on Louis Barry. Uh, he got mentioned at least four times in that interview, and they said and Smith said, oh, uh, he needs to like uh, go out on loan at least or be experimented. He can't. He's not ready for the Premier League yet. And as you say, why not? Just give it, it's a nothing. Well, it's against the Bagley side that, for me, are down. They're, they're down. And, yeah. like, you might as well throw them on, see what they can do. Mm. I'd love to see it personally. I really would. Mm. And I think, as we mentioned um, earlier, I think I would have really, really loved to have seen Chukawem come. Chukawemka come on yesterday instead yeah. of Ross Barkley. Well, we were, yeah, as you said, we've already covered that point and we're, was, it was just baffling. I mean, I don't want to get into the Barkley chat again because you'll set me off again on him. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, I could rant for hours about that bloke and why he's so bad. <laughs> I'm not going to. But yeah, I completely agree with Chukawemka. I mean, you might as well give him a go. He's, the talent's there. I mean, how many clubs were after him? I mean, I know he signed a pro contract with us yeah. again. But like City are after him, Liverpool are after him, and it, that just shows the talent and the hype that he has. And you might yeah, as there's well. A re- there's a reason clubs are after you, isn't there? And he's been so impressive as well exactly. for the under 23s and the under 18s. I mean, I know these are like world class players now, but you look at them like Mbappe when he was at Monaco. Uh, mm. Bellingham at Blues, another example. Yeah. Well, Grealish with us when he was playing uh, in the semi-final and the, the uh, against, in the FA Cup the, against Liverpool. Yeah, he yeah. was absolutely outstanding. Ran the, ran the show that ran, day. Yeah, didn't he? exactly. And 
he's just thinking, well, why not repeat that and give one of these young lads a chance? Yeah. I'd love to see it happen, but like you say, Dean Smith is very set in his ways. So, unfortunately, I don't think it well, will happen. Well, I know. Well, another one I'm going to go back to. I remember, do you remember our relegation season when we were already down? It came to the end of the season and we were sticking Kevin mm. Turner in centre-back. And I know he obviously had a bad <laughs> loan spell at Walsall, but when he yeah. played for us, he was actually one of our better centre-backs. Uh, yeah. In that back line over Lescott and Richards, he actually was doing a good job. And that just shows another player. Yeah. Like, why not give the kids a chance if it's a nothing game? Yeah. And it just shows as well, though, that... I mean, like you say, he was he was one of the best defenders for us when he mm. when he was playing, and it's another example of why. Look, kids need to show themselves, don't they? And yes, it's, it's that example of I'm trying to get my words out here, but they're not coming. Um, having to prove yourself, essentially, yeah. you know what I mean? It's they go out there and they give it everything they put everything out on the pitch in front of on the biggest stage in the Premier League you know mm. and like I said like I said I think this is the third or fourth time we mentioned it but I would love to have seen Chikawem Kukawai yeah. today just just purely because again it was a nothing game really City mm. were I, I mean I remember sitting down before the game and saying to my dad we're not winning this are we no, I, I, <laughs> and then I, tw- 20 seconds in McGinn scores but it was a nothing game. Their goals were inevitable. They were always going to come. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and it just reminded me of the cup final against them last year, how we got, it was 2-1, yeah. but we were just waiting for that one chance. And mm. like, we just waited for it to come. And obviously in the cup final, like you had that Engels he- uh, header, which you'd oppose, which yeah. lets you made. I'm convinced if that, if that had gone in, we'd have won that cup. Uh, oh, easy. Uh, and I just imagine, think of the limbs that would have been in that Wembley end if he did score that <laughs> near the end. Oh, oh God. I, I was on the floor. I thought he went in, and he, that was heartbreaking. <laughs> but uh, no, um, it was just some, you're waiting for that one opportunity because you're never really going to get the ball against City. And it was mm. just, a bo- as I said, it was a boring game in the end. It really was. When they get to the best team in the league, but Christ, they don't make it boring for you. <laughs> when you're on the opposition side, they really do, don't they? Yeah, they really do. And I've said, I've said this before to uh, Dad, especially last last season. We were saying, who would you who would you rather come up against in a one off game? Would you rather come up against Man City or would you rather come up against Liverpool? Liverpool. And both of us instantly just said Liverpool yeah. straight away. This was last season when they ran away with the title. Yeah, Man City just. They just batter us whenever they play. They Both play times we played Liverpool last season, we actually could have got someone out of the game. We looked like a decent team. Yeah. I mean, I know like we were fighting for survival then, but well, the home game against Liverpool was actually on my birthday, and we looked like we could have won oh, that game it? many times. Yeah, and when we lost two one, and Mane scored in the last minute, and well, oh. one it ruined my birthday, and Sadio Mane ruined my birthday, but um. No, but we actually looked like a team that could have won the game that end because we had loads more chances and a lot more of the ball. And even in the second game at Anfield, when they already won the league, we looked, we had chances with Algarve yeah. and Douglas Louise winning the show. And then with these two games this season, obviously the first one, we beat them 7-2. And I thought we were very unlucky on the second game we sh- at Anfield and we should have won that game. Mm. I completely agree, mate, but... I think that's a good place to end it, if I'm being honest with you. 
Uh, thank you to everyone listening. Thank you again, mate, for joining me. Anytime, mate. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. You know, I'm always down to do more if you need me. Sounds good, mate. Um, but don't forget to check Elliot out on Twitter as well, at Elliot AVFC. While you're over there, go and check us out at LT Football Pod. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you all very soon. Take care, everyone. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.